What's up, everybody, and welcome to What the Funcast, episode 86, recorded and released today, Tuesday, August 4th, 2020, the year from hell. I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and joining me is the... I don't even know what to call you. What do we, what do we even call you now? Ahmed? <laughs> what are we going to call you now? Ahmed? Your birth name? <laughs> I tried to like think of on the fly something witty to say, and I'm like, I don't know. You can call me Master Chief, because I played Halo for the first time yesterday. <gasps> Ooh! Mm. That was really exciting. Guess we're jumping right yes, into it. Yes, it was. We're jumping right into it. He's the Master Chief himself, Ahmed G.E. That's me. Who the hell is Ahmed G.E.? Is he from Halo Infinite? He, is he that ogre-looking thing? Stop. <laughs> I am that ogre-looking thing. The Majora's Have Mask. Oh, oh, my God. The Majora. Oh, my God. That's what he looks like. The ET1. The ET1 still kills me, where it's like, instead of E.T. is his face. Yes. Oh, my God. And then there was the one, oh, my God, where they're carrying the... Uh, where they're carrying the coffin? Yeah, but it's with him on it, I think. I gotta look Maybe, for it I don't anyways. They're, they're, they can't be tamed. The internet is a wild place. <laughs> for everyone that doesn't know what the hell's going on, in the Halo Infinite trailer, there's some, like, golem-looking tiki monster thin thing. Tiki monster? I don't know what it, what it is or who it is. But anyways, the moral of the story is I started officially playing Halo Combat Evolved yesterday with Paul um, for the first time ever. So I want your opinion. I want your opinion, like, kind of. Because we're so for those listening, for those avid Halo fans out there, or people that played it as you know in their childhood, the Silent Cartographer is the mission that we're on now, which is mission number four. So I'm curious because that's like where it's like, holy shit, this game's amazing. I don't know that that was for me at least. That was like the mission that I really enjoyed. So I'm curious to hear what you think now. We should probably play like that one mission tonight, and I'm going to sleep. So I'm tired, but. We should, as long as you get to play. But anyways, I was like, <laughs> I don't care about you. Here's my availability. Anyways, um, yeah, so we're on the first three missions, playing Halo Comedy Evolved. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. Go. What are your thoughts? Um, I like it so far. It's definitely not, I mean, so their master looks great, and I love that you can toggle between the original graphics and the, and the new graphics to see how much has changed or how kind of old it was. Um, but I feel like the gameplay-wise, it hasn't aged too, too well. Um, like, it's still super fun to play, um, but it's not, like... It didn't seem like it was ever too, too challenging to me, I guess. I don't know. Like, there was some... We have it on normal, right? Yeah. So, I guess... So, her- we should we should probably up the notch to Heroic. Heroic is the next one, then Legendary is, like, very hard. Okay. So, I wouldn't up it to, to uh, Legendary, but, like, when... So, like, years ago, Logan and I played through Halo 3, because that was the first one you could play online co-op with uh, together... Which, that game is still probably one of my favorites. But anyway, we would always play on Heroic, because Heroic was one of the games. Um, that's, like, the difficulty of choice. It's like, okay, you're not brand new to shooters, but it gives you a little bit of a challenge. So. Yeah, because I guess my, my thing was, like, I felt like I could just kind of run and gun. It was very, like, arcade. Arcade-y, I guess is the word. Yeah. Like, it felt like I was going to a machine at Dave & Buster's and just putting in, you know, my... I was going to say putting in a quarter, but little card things that they give you and it's like oh you died okay just tap again and you're here again i'm like okay that's fine yeah once we get into more of the vehicle based missions it gets a little more difficult and there's more like vehicle combat and then i'd be curious to see what you think of the multiplayer because the multiplayer is obviously a core piece of halo that yes supposedly halo infinite may not launch with which is ridiculous but we'll get to that later um but there's like my favorite part of of halo multiplayer has always been like what they call big team battle where it's like eight on eight and it's this you know which obviously in these days in this day and age isn't really anything so you have 100 player uh, battle royale games but it's there's a, like there's a lot of there's like vehicles out there and you can grab vehicles and then there's like remember the banshee thing that we saw the thing flying through the air like in one of the first couple missions yeah like you can you can play 
you can ride the Banshee in Halo 2. So that was something they started in Halo 2. So it'll, I'll be curious to see because it is it is very dated. I'll agree with you there. And um, I do like the way that you can toggle back and forth, having played the original way back when. Um, I'm curious to see if we do actually play through all of them, or at least play through like up to three. Four is where it kind of starts to fall off. But five is totally different where you start to, you can sprint like a Call of Duty game and you can aim down sights like a Call of Duty game. So, and that's kind of where there was a very big division in the community of, I hate this and I'm kind of okay with this, but overall it wasn't too well received. So, interesting. Anyway, all that being said, I'm curious to see what you think after we beat the next couple missions, primarily the Scient Cartographer. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see We'll see where we get there. It is a silent cartographer, right? That was what we stopped on? Yeah. I literally like, yeah. I was like, okay, it's one in the morning. It's time to go to sleep. Yeah, no, it was. It was... <laughs> I was, like, falling asleep during the third mission, and I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? And you're like, Paul, what are you doing? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> you were just, like, standing there. I'm like, are you good? Remember when I sniped you in the leg by accident and killed you, and then I walked off the cliff and killed myself, and then we have to redo everything? <laughs> yes, I remember. So dumb. That was fun. So it's funny, because there's only... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten missions. That's what I thought. And you were like, there's 15. I was like, I don't think there is. I said 15? Yeah. I must have been asleep. <laughs> you were like, there's 15. I'm like, I don't think there is. Because there's like So that's interesting. We're almost halfway through the game then. Yeah. There's like playlists in the Master Chief collection, like on the menu of like different missions. And you can play through like all different missions from the different games in like chronological order or something. I don't know. It was like weird, like playlists that you can go through and it the ones for the original were always 10 so i was like i figured i guess there's yeah. only 10 chapters but anyways it would definitely it would definitely be cool to play through all the halos before infinite comes out so yes. i think if you figure november that's three months like we could probably do that we can't be games normally but <laughs> these are pretty easy to run through so yeah we got time but on that note any final thoughts on master chief collection before we move to the other game that we played um no final thoughts there enjoying it so far and i'm excited to play more and finally be able to say that i've Yes, I've played Halo. I'm a real gamer now. <laughs> you got the the GT racing chair. He's got everything. I'm, Look out, I hate world this chair. Don't buy. <laughs> well, actually, no. If you are a tiny, this person, episode is not brought to you by GT Racing. If you didn't know, if you so, I'm just I'm tall and I got long legs, like abnormally long legs. Like even people that are also six four, my legs are longer than them. They're disproportionately long, and this chair is not made for tall people or wide people. Or anyone who is, like, big in general. Like, it's just not right. It's digging into the sides of my legs. So if you're small and short, then go off. Um, anyways, besides my chair, um, I started... Or we both played another game that wasn't that great. But it's also an early Yeah, we talked game. about it just last week. We talked about Grounded. So I will say, Logan, good friend of the show, <laughs> he... Uh, he is a big proponent of Xbox Game Pass. We're always like, Logan, relax. Game Pass is nice, but it's just not for us. So we sat there and we're like, we're going to try Grounded. And it was like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. Anyways, we're looking at all these games, and Ahmed goes, hmm, maybe Logan was right. There are a lot of games I want to try on here. So there are. I got to say. I'm scrolling through, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize these games were even on here. I got to say, like, if I was a parent and I'm buying my kid a system and I buy them an Xbox and I buy them Game Pass, there are so many good games for, like, anyone. Like, I don't know. There's just so many good games on there. you got the Untitled Goose game. You've got all the first-party Microsoft games. You've got... There's just there's just a lot. And it's it's a very impressive collection. So, on that note, we played Grounded. New Obsidian Entertainment game. Um, 
in early access, and we tried it out. This is the game where you pretty much play as like a character that is super small, and you are roaming through like a garden or a backyard. Think of like and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, essentially. Yes, but the game. And, um, you know, there's bugs everywhere, big-ass spiders and all this stuff. So, anyway, we gave it a shot. And we're like, okay, it's one of those games, much like Sea of Thieves, where we jumped in and we're like, what the hell do we do? You kind of figure your figure out your way around. The med's looking for clean water. Then we're drinking dirty water, and <laughs> the screen starts to like get hazy. So overall, we're playing it, and <laughs> pretty much just as we're starting to get the hang of things, it's like, okay, you're done with the story part of this of this game. Blah blah. blah. And we're like, what? Wait, it's been like an hour and a half. We're done. So and like, I literally. I mean, if we knew what we were doing weren't stupid, it would have taken all 15 minutes to complete the yeah. story content of the it game. Pro- I would say it probably would take maybe 30 to 40 minutes, but yes. Like it's, it's. I mean, we did do a lot of roaming around. Yeah. And it's a cool concept, but the crafting system is super complex for no reason. Like, it took us a long time to figure out that we can get the squirrely, what the hell is it called? The coiled fiber or whatever the, it's called? The, yeah, some, it's like the wound fiber or I don't know. Yeah. Um, We're sitting there looking for them. I found one, and it's like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very much early access. So knocking it on the story is not fair. But it's... Yeah. Like, the concept is cool, but I feel like... I don't know what it is, but, like, maybe we're just not the right target demographic because, like, Minecraft, I feel like, came out right after I, like took a hiatus from like playing video games a lot and so like i never got into that kind of game where it's kind of like a survival game and you have to like you know collect a bunch of things and craft a bunch of things and be really creative and i feel like this is catered towards that minecraft crowd that this wouldn't be completely foreign to uh where it's kind of just like a play box or a playground and you have like a million different tools at your disposal and yeah i i just never got into minecraft or, or even i mean well no i wouldn't say fortnite but like this kind of survival game is is not something that I've played before, so it was overwhelming at first. I'm sure if I you know gave it a fighting chance, it would be fun, but it's like themed for kids, and it feels like it's very complicated for for what should be like a younger crowd game. Yeah, so I mean, it was like go back and like beef up your base, and I'm like for what? So that the <laughs> spiders don't kill me? I mean, it's like that seems. I mean, not that I'm looking for more story mode, but at least give me something to try to get towards. Like, okay, maybe I get the bow and arrow and I can kill the bugs or whatever. Okay, great. But then what's... <laughs> I almost want to say, what's my return on investment? But, like, <laughs> what do I get back out of that? Like, there's no... I don't see any enjoyment out of that. Yeah. So we kind of cut that, and then we started downloading Halo, and we realized that it's 100 gigabytes, and then we went to bed and let it download overnight. So Yeah, no, it's definitely a game that's more for, like... You know, kids that just have hours and hours to waste and just kind of it gives you like a world to just hang out and explore and build up your, your crazy base and watch out for bugs similar to like Minecraft you build up your base and avoid the zombies at nightfall like that was kind of the original core concept of the game so um, yeah so I see the I see the appeal I don't know hopefully in the future it actually has like more of a story mode and less kind of a sandbox mode um, but I'm sure it'll do fine. It's doing great on Steam. It's like the number one game on Steam currently. And it, I remember, but I guess there's a lot of people that buy it and just anticipate more content. So they're just like, okay, I'm gonna buy it. This looks interesting. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's clearly marked early access. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, 
but I remember when we had looked on it on Steam originally, it was at like a six out of ten or something. Like, which Steam doesn't leave their own reviews; it's all based like aggregate of user reviews. But it's now currently at a nine out of ten. Like, people are genuinely enjoying it, which good for so them. I guess. So people must have been review bombing it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if they were so, review bombing, but it's. Let me see if there's any. Currently, all reviews very positive. Um, uh, here, Destructoid gave it a review. Let's see. Um, a game that plays oh, not... very similarly similarly to the forest, except instead of cannibals, there are horrific giant spiders that I hate very, 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 very much. <laughs> Honestly, the spiders were terrible. Um, maybe there's maybe there's some part that we're missing. I mean, there, like... there are quests that you can get from the little robot that tells you if the story content's over. So there still are like quests that we can accomplish. Um, I think we're just stupid. Like, I'm looking at this video because I'm on the Steam website and I guess someone's broadcasting, um, like, live, and there's, like, grass walls that people have built and, like, they have a whole camp. No, I think we're just not creative and we're silly. Yeah, we're probably not creative enough. That's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, I'm okay with just taking a story and being like, yes, correct. Let me do what you tell me to do. Skeleton and Core Loops. Okay, so this one comes from GameSpot, who gave it a 6 out of 10. The good, the skeleton and coral loops of a great survival game are here. Miniaturist aesthetic and relative scale design makes for a golden scenario. And arachnophobia mode helps ease the horror of giant spiders. The bad, threadbare story content leaves you wanting more. The survival loop is a bit too easy to manage in its current state. The game world feels small thanks to fast character speed, but it's still easy to get turned around in. I can't believe how many spiders there are. <laughs> There's a lot of spiders. In he my played. Really this guy should... played nine hours of Grounded. Is that someone on Steam or? No, someone the GameSpot reviewer. How do you? I don't understand. There must be something that we're missing. Okay, we'll go it's... back to this maybe this weekend. Will we? <laughs> no, we won't. I don't think it's for us. I think like I just genuinely don't think it that it's that's for us. I just don't understand. We like... we both have a similar taste in games in that we like a story, a narrative, like something to happen. Like there's a mission, there's a goal, there's a quest to accomplish. Whereas this is so freeform that we're like, okay, what next? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Kind of thing. So, I think that's where we're at. Anyways. Yeah. Besides that, what else have you played on Game Pass? Because I see at least two games here that are also on Game Pass. Uh, yes. So, when I when I <laughs> when we were scrolling through, so once we finished up Grounded or got to a point where we're like, okay, we're going to stop playing this game, we started looking for other games to play. So, still unfortunate that moving out doesn't have an online multiplayer system because I thought it did and Logan and I tried to play a while ago and it doesn't so anyways I downloaded Carrion which is uh, Devolver Digital's new game and it's like a game where you play like think of like the like the blob where the blob or I think it was the blob I, like that old horror movie where it was like this blob got out and started like destroying the city and stuff like that and just like consuming different things Yes. anyways you play as like this laboratory monster with teeth and eyes and whatever and it's like this blob and it just goes around like you literally just go around and like d tear down walls and like eat people and like i don't know it was it's fun but there's no mini map so it's like you get really lost really quick and me inept i got really lost really <laughs> quick me so but yeah so i got lost and then on top of that like the controls are weird because you use the control stick to move the character around so the character moves hella fast and then these scientists and stuff have guns, so it's like, okay, well, they're going to shoot me, so, and it's like, I can't get, I can't, like, grab them with my blob arms quick enough. Anyways, it was a good idea, I played it for about, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, 
and it was a good idea. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it gets better, but I don't think I'm going to go back to it. It was kind of enough for me to be like, okay, I tried this game. I don't like it. And that's it. Someone um, created a map and it's, it's a massive 462 megabyte PDF of the entire Hello. map. So Interesting. if you're lost, you can look up the map. Because when I Googled it, literally the first like news result was lost in Carrion. This map might help. So mm. just download your half yeah, gigabyte so map and find out. Th- there are so many other games I need to play that this one just got bumped to the end of the list. So that's fine. Um, I also tried the Tourist, which was interesting. I played very little of it, but it's one that I'm going to come back to. So it's got that Crossy Road style graphics. Uh, Logan actually recommended this one to us. So it's got the Crossy Road style graphics, which I guess is almost like the Minecraft like blocky style. So it's it's fun. It's like a little game. I mean, there's like little puzzles and stuff. It's not. I guess it's kind of like a platformer, but it looks like Hobo anyways. Hotel. I'll be going back to. It looks like what Habo Hotel. Do you remember Habo Hotel? Habo Hotel. You don't know? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it was like some weird like online like chat, but you had these little avatars that looked like this. Mm. Like it wasn't oh, a game. Okay. It was kind of like Second Life, but I don't mm. know. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Moving on from that, um, and then I also downloaded Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, which I still have. That was uh, downloading when I let it download overnight because I was falling asleep. So that's on Switch. Right? Come back to that. That is on Switch. Uh, that's on all the major consoles. So oh. it's free on Game Pass. So mm. um, I'm going to give it a try on Game Pass and see how that is. So my goal: I put my Xbox in the bedroom, and my goal is to try to play more indie games um, before I go to sleep or whatever. Like you know, so. If I inject it into the bedroom on the TV there, maybe I'll... <laughs> while I'm laying in bed a bit... Ooh, let me just play something. Inject it? So, oh, God. We'll see. Yes. So, that is it, I think. I still didn't... Get, I didn't play any more Paper Mario. I do intend to do that. I was thinking I might try to... We'll see. Tentatively, I might try to stream on, like, maybe Thursday or something and try to stream my Switch. So, stream the Switch that um, is dockable. And then I can use cloud saves on and move my saves over and try to play some games there. But we'll see. Stay tuned. Will because stay tuned. actually the reason why I say that is because Animal Crossing freaking betrayed me. Remember last week? I was all hyped. I was like, I'm gonna be able to move my save. Nintendo said, No, we hate Paul Kanye specifically. So Did you try it? No. Oh. Because you have to call Nintendo support. I feel like to you move don't have over. to. Just try it. Just okay. see what happens. Hear me out. I'm not wasting my like 150 hour save on a potential to move it over. You're not gonna waste it. You just back it up and then you see if you can restore it on the other switch. Or, or I play by the rules. Just I don't know. Hack your switch light to have video output. Anyways. Uh, anyways, apparently it doesn't have the chip that's needed. But anyways, what have you been doing besides grounded in Halo? Probably true. Um, this will come as a shock because I haven't touched Wolf Among Us and I know I. You know, I only have the brain capacity to handle one game at a time, but apparently I now have the brain capacity to handle three games at a time, because I've also started Horizon Zero Dawn, finally. On Sunday, I was sitting there, and I was like, hmm, I have all day to do literally nothing. I could watch a movie, or I could pop in this disc and see what this game's all about. I proceeded to play, like, six hours straight. I love it so far. It's it's really good. Obviously, I knew I was going to love it, but, you know, Paul's going to be like, I told you so. Like, I knew I was going to like it. Of course. It just was... Not at the top of the list, but yes, it's, it's just one. It's one of those games where you know it's like a Sony first-party game. It's got that same aesthetic like a lot of the other games do, 
that you tend to enjoy, so I'm not surprised. Yes, no, it's really, really, really good so far. I love the narrative. Um, I'm into it. I like the combat. I'm hyped. The The world the world is super, super cool. Yes. It um, kind of gives me almost, like, <coughs> Skyrim-ish vibes in terms of, like, I'm on my way to do one quest, and then some other person's like, hey, help me out. And I'm like, all right, I will. But only because you asked nicely. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Which is very satisfying. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And what I've realized, too, when I was playing through that game is that I would go through and do side missions and stuff like that to be able to get um, upgrades. Because the yes. more upgrades you get, the more powerful you get. And then you see, like, one of these gigantic dinosaur-looking things, and you're like, oh, shit. But then you're like, ah, I can take them out. So Yeah, no, I'm definitely... That's I mean, that's the reason I, like, am kind of like a perfectionist of games. I feel like I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but, like... I like doing all those side quests and side missions and things like that so I can get all these collectibles and get extra experience and level up quicker in the beginning so that when it comes to the towards the end game I'm not like oh well I have to you know be really good at the game I could just kind of I'm just overpowered for it and that's what I enjoy I like being overpowered so but I work for Whoa, it oh he's overpowered I earn it it's fine um, yeah we said I earn it I do um, but yeah, besides that, I besides, I haven't played any other games, which is, well, I guess I played Overwatch like once. Overwatch Summer Games actually starts today, by the way, and they have oh, really? new Lucio Ball maps with like, uh, not obstructions, I guess obstructions, walls and things, they're like new layouts, so we should play that. Mm, we should try that. Um, but besides games, I finished Shit's Creek finally. I purchased, actually purchased with real money the last season, um... And I watched the last season very quickly. It's like 14 episodes, but I watched it in like two days because it's such a fucking good show. It's incredible. Please watch it. Most of the first, the first like four or five seasons are on Netflix. Um, and this was season six and it was the last season. Um, but it's really, really good. Highly recommend it. Shit's Creek. This is the, this is the show you're supposed to go see live in person or whatever? No, that's Letterkenny. Shit's Creek. Letterkenny. Okay. Shit's Creek is also a Canadian TV show, but it's, um, it's like this family that was like super super rich and then they like in the first episode they lose all their money because their financial person that was like handling their money or whatever was committing fraud so they actually didn't have any of the money that they thought they had so they go and move to a town called Shit's creek and live literally in a motel for the entire duration of the show um and it's it's so good like at first i didn't really think i was gonna like it but it just like season four and season five are like incredible um it's all good it's all very funny yeah. Interesting. Would recommend. I'll be I'll pull out my best of medline. Maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> Thank and you. And on the topic of considering Perfect. things, consider this. <laughs> We're moving into hot pots Cons- of the entertainment news. The world was shooken today <laughs> by the news that Mulan is finally coming to Disney Plus on September fourth, one month from today, with a very large thirty Dolores Umbridge's catches. <laughs> That wasn't even words. I thought you were going to say know, a very large it? asterisk or something. I don't know where we came up with that. Anyways, my sister's not. Well, I think I made it up for being honest. I think but you did. Anyways, 30 US dollars is what it'll cost you to watch Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Right. Your brain is probably broken just like mine was when I read this news. And I'm like, wait a second. I pay US dollars for Disney+. Plus, and you want me to pay more US dollars for Mulan. So, anyways, this one comes from Variety. This comes out of, I believe it was a shareholder meeting today or an earnings call. It was the from, earnings call, yeah. It was from Disney, yeah. So, um, well, 
in case you didn't know, Disney lost $5 billion from the coronavirus pandemic. $3.5 billion, I believe was the number, I'm quoting it from my head, was uh, associated with the parks. So, obviously, they're kind of in trouble. They'll be fine. They're gigantic, but those are big numbers. Big num- bigger numbers than I'll ever see in my entire life. So, mm-hmm. um, this one does come from Variety, going back to the Mulan story. Uh, and they quote, unlike the rest of the content available on Disney+, Plus, Mulan won't be available directly to s- subscribers. Consumers in the U.S. and other territories will have to pay $29.99 to obtain the movie on top of the streaming service's monthly subscription fee of $6.99. In markets where Disney+, Plus isn't available, Mulan will play in cinemas. So, okay, we'll say, okay, so $29.99, and it was confirmed later on that that's not a rental. You, you get the rights to that, I guess, for good Air quotes. For the duration of so, your Disney Plus subscription, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So interesting, right? So this. Well, let's move into Chappick's quote, and then we'll we'll kind of analyze this, right? So, uh, quote for now, Disney CEO Bob Chappick says Mulan's big move isn't reflective of a new business model for the company, even though it kind of is. Quoting him, we're looking at Mulan as a one-off, as opposed to staying saying that there's some new business windowing model that we're looking at. Chappick said Tuesday on the company's earning call. So I wouldn't be surprised if this also happened to Black Widow and Soul. So and I think Soul. that all all three of the movies for this year, or three of the big movies for this year, I think Raya will be okay because Raya got pushed out to 2021. Um, but I do think that Soul, Black Widow, and Mulan would be all good candidates for this. Um, now I do know that Mulan's budget is like unreal. So I think it was 200 million. Uh, which is why, which I would imagine why this is so expensive. Expensive, yeah. I'm trying to look here. I was looking at Mulan, uh, the animated movie. So Mulan's budget, yeah, is 200 million dollars. So if you take 200, one, two, three, four, five, six, 200 million dollars, divide it by 29.99, that means 6.668 million subscribers need to need to buy this movie for them to just make their money back. So, well, we'll say 6.6 million. So that's a lot of people. And I think that they have got the subscribers. Let's see, Disney Plus subscribers. I think they announced 100 million. Yeah, says it has 100 million streaming subscribers. So with that in mind, you only need 6% of your subscribers to buy Mulan for $30 to make the money back. Um, Wait a second. Disney share rise... After the company says it has 100 million streaming subscribers, when was Disney that? Plus passes 60 million paid subscribers. Why are there two totally different? Oh, oh, they might be counting like Hulu and stuff like that. So, um, what is this? Hold on. I mean, you Disney also have Plus. to think about whether people will buy into Disney Plus specifically for this. I don't think they will. No, in a, I don't think in so. On a large scale, but. Yeah, maybe it's something. I'm I'm sure you know Disney is. They have a lot of smart people that know exactly what yeah. they're doing when it comes to math and financials, so that they don't make the wrong mistake. So, so I'm wrong. It's 60.5 million paid subscribers on Disney Plus. Okay, so, so Chappick said they they set their goal at 60 to 90 million by 2024. So they hit that goal four years early. So well, with that in mind, so they have to have 10 percent of their subscribers pay to uh well technically more than 10 percent, but we'll say about 10 percent, 10 to 15 percent, just to break even so honestly i think that it's going to be one of those things where word's going to get around about 
Mulan going to Disney Plus, people are going to su- uh, subscribe and open it up and see that they have to pay thirty dollars, and people are going to be pissed. So, I don't know. They might be. I mean, I don't know. I well, so for me, obviously, like I am one person. For me, coughing up thirty dollars to watch this movie is egregious. But for like my sister, for example, who's like a family of five, my other sister's a family of six, like. Going to the movies for them is like a $75 to $100 ordeal, not including snacks. That's just the tickets. So for them, $30 is totally fine for them all to sit down and watch a movie together um, when, you know, there's no other option of going to the movies. But like for me, for example, or or anyone else that like, oh, for me, at least I have like a, a TV and a surround sound system. A lot of people just have like a laptop and $30 to watch a movie on a laptop is a lot. So... To know. get people to pay to watch a movie, uh, it has to be, from from what I know, just of our friends and some other people that that I talk to movie, you know, talk movies about, talk to, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> talk to about movies. I'm having problems here. Talk to about movies. I know it has to be something major because there's even times where when we buy the Avengers movies and Marvel movies, it's like, oh yeah, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, thirty bucks for a steel book, whatever, no big deal. And they're like, mm, I'll just wait till it comes on Disney Plus. I'm like, you don't want to watch Endgame again? They're like, no, wait till it comes on Disney Plus. I mean, like, usually there's like a two week window, or no, it's like a month window. It's not a two week window, but yes, it's like a thirty okay. day window. Of- okay, maybe it's a thirty day window. We'll give it to you. So, you know, for. <laughs> For them to be like, okay, you have to pay thirty dollars to see Mulan. No offense to Mulan, but Mulan is not a big enough movie, in my opinion. You're talking about a live action Disney movie. The live action Disney movies have done pretty well, even for some of them that have been pretty bad. They've done pretty well, but like, I don't remember Lady and the Tramp breaking records, and that was free on Disney Plus. So maybe it also wasn't good, but maybe Mulan is like a fantastic movie. Maybe it's going to be. Very highly rated, in which case, yeah, I'll probably pay, and I'm sure you probably will too, to watch it if it's really good. Yeah. But I'd imagine it's going to be like a 7 out of 10, kind of like all the other live-action movies are. Now, if you said that some, like, let's say Moana, right? If we said, or <laughs> or Endgame, right? If you if you have some big blockbuster movie like Endgame, people would pay $30 to see that. If you have something like Moana or like an animated movie, parents alone would be more likely to buy that movie like they're not going to buy mulan the live action movie for their kids to watch over and over again maybe like their middle-aged kids but not like younger kids whereas moana they can put it on and 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 younger kids can just kind of watch it much like trolls world tour not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination but kids are obsessed with trolls so that's why it did so well i just i don't i hope it does well but I'm not counting on it doing well, only because it just I just don't think it's going to. It also begs the question, how long will it stay as a premium purchase until it's just available on the platform? Will it be like a month, three months, six months? Like what's yeah, the window? So that, that's a good point. I could see them I could see them releasing this for free around the holidays, uh, as part of Disney Plus. Because if I had to just wait a month to watch it, that's totally fine. But if I have to wait like six months, I'd be like Okay, maybe I'll buy it. Well, I don't know. Well, they're they're, they're purposely not going to say right because I'm sure they'll gauge the interest. Like if there's, if let's say it bombs right and nobody pays thirty dollars and the numbers are so low and I and I do think it's still going to do well. I do think that people are going to cough up thirty bucks. People are stuck at home. They're looking for something to do. This is something for them to do. I do think it'll work, but I also don't necessarily. I can't even say that I don't agree with it because there's a lot of money that went into the movie. So I get why they're trying to get a full 
not value budget priced out of it, right? They're trying to get their money back. They're trying to do, they're trying to get something back from it. So it's just wild because they're setting the bar so high. Because the previously, like the other movies that went to to VOD, like for rental or whatever, um, which even was just rental. I guess this one's owning it, so that's why it's well, not it's owning it, quote unquote. Um, that's why it's a little more. But like Invisible Man and The Hunt and all those other movies, Emma, I think was the other one, were twenty bucks, and that was just to rent. So, I don't know. Maybe thirty dollars isn't me, so bad. If you let me let me look. We looked at uh, we we rented the King of Staten Island, mm-hmm. which was which was good. And I want to say, as I sit here criticizing, um, I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, it was a twenty dollar rental. Yeah, it was a twenty dollar rental, and that was like one of those like straight to the living room. Um, <laughs> Straight to the living room instead of hitting movie theaters, kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So when you think about it, it tough to- that's not like a twenty-four hour, forty-eight hour rental. Like thirty dollars really isn't that bad. But how many times are you going to want to watch it? I don't know. We'll see. No. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And and even even with this, there was no option to buy it. It was just only a twenty-hour rental. Like that was the only option. So yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Interesting times we live in. Also, um, kind of somewhat related. I totally forgot. We did watch the new Muppets show on Disney Plus. I totally forgot M- the Muppets that came out. now. Is it good? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> I was really we, excited we for you wa- to say it was great. No, I mean we 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 watched it and it's like, it's I don't know, like the Muppet, the new Muppet movie, right? Struck a nostalgia for me that I haven't, you know, I haven't watched the Muppets in years. And it struck a certain nostalgia where I was like, oh, yes, these are the Muppets I know and love and remember. Um, I'm 95% sure that Kermit is a different voice in this episode, in this TV show. Like, it doesn't sound the same, and the fact that I can hear that bothers me a lot. Is that the so, only reason, or is it just not funny in general? No, it's just, it's not really funny. Like, it's, it's literally 20 minutes. I encourage you to watch it and see. I think it, it paves a good path for the rest of the show, and hopefully it's good, but... It's just kind of weird. Like, it still has the same charm like The Muppet Show did where they have celebrities in there. And there are some funny parts. But I was kind of more mad that it wasn't more of what I would want. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of stale. So, I don't know. Harsh review coming from Um, a Muppets fan. Yeah, I know. It's Well, it's tough. I grew up on The Muppets, so The Muppets have a special place in my heart. But this uh, a weird one. Mashable. I'm not sure who Muppets Now is for, but I think weed is involved. Okay. <laughs> okay. What the hell just happened? I wasn't sold on Muppets Now after the first episode. It plays like a 30-minute compilation of YouTube's cringiest hits. True fact. And, in fact, that's the framing device for the whole series. Yikes. Um, the vibe is very Muppets take YouTube, except sometimes it feels like Fozzie Bear has total control of the writer's room, which isn't great considering his whole shtick is being bad at jokes. But pretty soon I realized that hammy humor... Is part of the part of the point, and in fact helps to sell the premise. I started out a doubter, but after four episodes, I'm fully on board. Four episodes? I only saw one. Well, you get like reviewer copies. Reviewer. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I don't know. I I I think you should watch it and see what your take is. Maybe I'll watch it after the four episodes are posted. (laughs) Yeah, I know. This way you can go in and yeah, it says one season. Yeah, it's only one episode so far. Okay, but yeah, I mean, like RuPaul was on it, and that that part was kind of funny. Um, but not like over the top ridiculous humor. Like I don't know. 
I think back to like Muppet Vision where that's entertaining. I was just gonna say that, Muppet Vision 3D. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Muppet Vision's really funny, and yes. I get a kick out of that. But yeah, it's just it's just different. So I don't know. But anyway, I digress. So yes, the whole Mulan thing. We'll see how it plays out. I it, I don't know. It's I know where they're coming from. I just think that thirty dollars is high, even if you're keeping the movie. Because like if it's Black Widow or Soul or like another movie that I would more be more likely to watch again, I can't remember the last time I've watched a Disney live action movie more than once. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess Aladdin. But uh, you're right, Aladdin. I've we've watched a few times, but not The Lion King. <laughs> Saw that the first that. time, and I will never watch it again. Rest in pieces. I need to open up Disney Plus. I haven't opened up Disney Plus since the mandalorian ended like literally haven't touched it at all oh really uh, there's you know what i'm tired of while we're talking about disney plus and to make this episode even longer you're like oh it's gonna be a short episode <laughs> me me keeps rambling it's almost 40 Dis- minutes disney plus right it's so disappointing i was telling lauren this because everything that looked interesting is not good so i mean the mandalorian looked interesting mandalorian was good thank god they couldn't afford to let that fall on its face yes but the problem that i have there is like Forky Asked a Question looked promising. Pixar in Real Life looked, looked promising. Both of them are bad. Forky um, Asked a Question is not bad. It's just that it's two-minute episodes, and you're like, okay. But they're not even, like, funny. It's like... Some of them are funny. Some of them are like, oh. I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch them, but I, I, I've, I've watched, like, maybe three or four of them now. So some of the some of the Spark shorts are, are cool, but I think those are free on YouTube. So High School Musical Musical Series, let's not... <laughs> let's be real. Have you watched Let, the Imagineering Story yet? No, I need to watch that. That I one's watch really that. good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I guess I guess I have to go back. But High School Musical Musical series, definitely, definitely something that surprised me because I went back and I was looking at uh, videos from D twenty three when they came out and did the whole thing and like the actual actors and actresses were on stage performing and I'm like, and remember when we didn't know <laughs> everything at D twenty three is like you don't know at the time and then you look back and you're like ah. They were trying to tell us, and we didn't listen. Wow. We are the virus. <laughs> we were in the same room. We didn't realize. <sighs> Ugh. Anyways. That show is so good. I really, really, really found that show entertaining. I but need to watch. Speaking of that, anyways. I need to watch uh, Love, Victor. But anyways, finally, moving on to the Hot Pots gaming. Um, some controversy in the in the Marvel Avengers game fandom. Oh, God. Um, so this one, the first one is not that, it's not controversial. Um this one, these both come from IGN. Uh, this first one is Hawkeye will officially come to Marvel's Avengers as a free post-launch playable character, complete with a unique, a unique set of story missions. Alongside Hawkeye, there appear to be three other heroes currently planned to be added. Um, we don't know who the three others are, but there is one that is coming exclusively to PlayStation, who I don't think is part of those. Excuse me, part of those other three. The one that's coming exclusively to PlayStation, and the one that is kind of the cause of controversy because people on Xbox are like, "Well, wait, we wanted it too." is Spider-Man. Say his name. <laughs> Say his name, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, PlayStation has confirmed that Spider-Man will be coming to Marvel's Avengers as a free PlayStation exclusive. Uh, he'll be released post-launch, so it won't be available uh, when Marvel's Avengers is released on September 4th. I think they uh, said 2021 is when he would be released. Um, I don't know if he'll also come with his unique set of story missions or if he'll just be like another fun playable character, but a lot of people are, I guess, understandably pissed. Um, but it's weird because the like the spider-man ps4 game or and you know the whole spider-man series that insomniac has built up is completely separate from this and they like have come up with a completely new design for the spider-man i think there's an interview where they talked with like steve ditko who's one of the creators of spider-man um in comics and they're like oh 
like, I don't know, Square Enix was saying how they built the character from the ground up to be blah blah blah, and I don't know. This whole Marvel Avengers game, I'm not really hyped about. Every character looks weird and, like, uncanny, and they're like, this is Thor. I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't look like him at all. <laughs> so It looks like they rounded up a bunch of cosplayers, and they're like, hey, we need you in the game. Honestly, that's exactly what it's like. So, yeah, we'll see what kind of nonsense they make Spider-Man into. I feel like he's just gonna be, like, some weird, giant bro. I don't know. I kept stop. Don't even wish that on him. <laughs> I kept true. seeing these things saying that he's, like, not teenage Spider-Man, but the design is more after like adult Spider-Man. I think. Yes, and that's what I immediately. That's what I imagine. And he has like webs under his arms, though. Like he's got like, I guess that's like the like a flying squirrel. Yeah, like that's exactly what he's got. <laughs> oh, interesting. Flying squirrel, man. I don't know. Spider. We'll see. But it's funny because like IGN, you for the for the picture of this article, they used the image from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Um, yeah, well, and we know that's not going to be the case. So, yes. you know, but so the the interesting part here is that Sony is being criticized as being anti-consumer, which is not the only thing they're being criticized for this week. So jumping over to the PlayStation blog, they posted an article yesterday answering different questions about compatible peripherals with uh, PS4 peripherals for the PlayStation 5. So uh, I'll quote here. Whoops. Uh, quote here, the DualShock 4 wireless controller and PlayStation officially licensed third-party gamepad controllers will work with supported PS4 games on the PS5. Both the PlayStation Move motion controllers and the PlayStation VR aim controller will work with supported PSVR games on PS5. Will the DualShock 4 work with PS5 games? No. We believe that PS5 games should take advantage of the new capabilities and features we're bringing to the platform, including the features of the DualSense wireless controller. So... Okay, people got really upset, and they're like, Sony is anti-consumer. But I get where they're coming from, because DualSense is like a total shift. I mean, Microsoft's using more or less the same controller with a different D-pad, and a fancy little button in the middle that I forget what it does. So, you know, so of course, Microsoft came out, and they're like, hey, don't worry. What are you going to do with all those old DualShock 4s? You can use them on xCloud. They work on your phone, and you can use them with, uh, with xCloud. And then they also came out and said, hey, in case you missed it, Xbox Series X is compatible with all Xbox One controllers across all games. Official Xbox One controllers, the Xbox Adaptive Controller, super cool on Microsoft for making that controller to begin with, Xbox Elite Wireless Controller, and designed for Xbox third-party Xbox One controllers and headsets. I'm not going to lie, this tweet, major Wii U vibes. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Because they were like, hey, bring over every Wii controller you want, except for the stupid... Well, I guess, actually, no, I think everything worked. But, yeah, so I guess that's good. I know there's a lot. I know there are some people that solely collect Xbox One controllers, and you can do an Xbox controller, Xbox One controller in the design lab and make it and customize it and all that stuff. So, you know, good on Xbox for being pro-consumer in that regard. Is Sony anti-consumer for the Spider-Man thing and for the PS5 accessories? Whatever. It's going to happen. I mean, my Wii U controller doesn't work on my Switch. Am I crying? My Wii U discs don't work on my switch am i crying you know i guess i just don't understand what the huge difference is between the dual sense and the and the dual shock 4 like i understand but i don't understand they have the same buttons they like, do why wouldn't like okay it has like haptic feedback is that really necessary like i can't you're telling me i can't play overwatch on ps5 with a dual shock 4 i feel like it wouldn't be make any difference i i don't know i think i think that PS5's direction, and we talked about this last uh, episode pretty in-depth, and Xbox Series X's direction 
have been very much very different yet similar, right? So PlayStation is going for, hey, we have this new system, everything's brand new, PS5, brand new interface, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Xbox has been like, hey, listen, we're going to have Xbox One games. They're going to work on Series X and, Seri- and the games that are for Series X in the first two years are going to work on Xbox One. Two totally different approaches to some extent. Yeah, so, it's, they're, yeah they're, it's very much Xbox Series X feels like an iterative approach versus PS5 yeah. is like an entirely new ecosystem. So it'll be very interesting to see how this how this generation shakes out. I know we talked about this at length in last episode, so I won't go too deep into it. Yeah. So like um, the DualSense controllers got a built-in microphone, um, the adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, um, larger capacity controller, battery, whole new experience. Yeah. So either way, I, you know. It I, just I seems silly know. that like it's the same buttons. Like sure, there's no adaptive triggers, but like really, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know. It's yes. it's become like one of those things where I, I don't know. This one that I won't necessarily die on the hill for, but anyways. I mean, we're let's still move gonna, on some Xbox news. Yeah, I'm just saying we're just still gonna buy it at launch anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, exactly. Speaking of different directions that these two companies are going, um, XCloud is finally becoming an official reality. It's no longer in beta. Um, this one comes directly from the Xbox News or News.Xbox.com. Um, beginning September 15th, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members can play more than 100 games from the cloud on their Android phone or tablet. Cloud gaming will launch in beta for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members in 22 markets to ensure stability as we scale the features for millions of gamers. Well, I guess I just said it's not in beta, and I guess it's still in beta. Um, when cloud gaming launches as part of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, players will have access to more than 100 high-quality games played from the cloud, including Minecraft Dungeons, Destiny 2, Tell Me Why... Gears 5, Yakuza, Kiwami 2, and more. Um, as, and as we've committed to providing day one access to new titles from Xbox Game Studios as part of Xbox Game Pass, it's our intent to make sure that those same games are available in the cloud from the day they release. Um, this is only happening on Android for now, and I'm assuming that's where they're going to keep it in beta, and once it's kind of out of that beta phase, when they scale up, um, they'll, they'll expand it to iPhone and hopefully... To Windows PCs, so I can you know play on my laptop or even a or Mac OS, so you can play on your MacBook or whatever. But um, for now, it's only Android, which is fine by me. Rest in peace to iOS, but I'm different. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hi, you're cool. <laughs> um, so the whole iOS piece, I was pretty pissed off about that one because I think that it's a shame that they're neglecting half of the user base, right? So this is just an expansion of the beta that we've been a part of for. God knows how long now, and we can probably count on one hand how many times we used it. But it was I used cool it more to try than out. once. But there just weren't that many games to play. Yeah, it was like Forza Horizon was the only one that was like, okay, cool, I'll play this. Everything else, I'm not gonna like start anew on my phone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and what I I started reading some articles that were pretty much saying that it seems like Apple is holding back more than anything else. It's not so much Microsoft, but they're seen as competitors, and if they open this up to Apple devices that they're going to lose sales in the App Store for games and because oh, Apple has some, like Apple Arcade or whatever, so it's kind of a direct yeah to that. Yeah, that that's bullshit though. I mean, that, it, I don't know. I, I get it, but I mean, Apple's got enough money. I mean, put you know, swallow your dignity and and please give me Game Pass on or uh, X Cloud on my iPhone because it's just frustrating. But yeah, this is super exciting though. I mean, look, the bottom line is this is super exciting. It's a step in the right direction. I think Stadia is losing any ground that it had to begin with, which is super disappointing because there was a lot of hype around Stadia. Launch was miserable. um, And now there's really no reason for it because 
with Game Pass, I mean, you're you're paying a monthly subscription fee, which is what Stadia should have done if they wanted to gain ground, but instead they did their whole a la carte model where it's like, hey, you want a game? Buy a game. You can play it on Stadia, this and that, this and that. Now, Xbox is like, hey, you'll get every game day and date on, uh, on xCloud, right? So you subscribe to Game Pass, you don't need to buy an Xbox anymore. So I also saw all these opinions like, well... Microsoft just continues to give us reasons not to buy a Series X. So, not wrong. You know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's very interesting. So, I mean, we'll see the, what the, the streaming fidelity is like. I mean, in the times that I've played it and tested it out, it works pretty well. Um, yeah. But, like, I'm sure if you want to play in, like, 4K, 10, you know, 120 FPS, then you'll need to buy whatever game it is, um, probably Halo Infinite, on Xbox Series X, which is a good segue into Halo Infinite. It will officially play in 4K 120 FPS on Xbox Series X, which is pretty wild, um, assuming you obviously have a TV that can support 120 FPS. Um, yeah. But was there anything else you wanted to mention on Xbox before I segue? No, 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 no. Keep going. Um, it's, yeah, I think Xbox is super cool. It's going to... And tying it into Game Pass and having having it free with Game Pass and, and being able to access the games on Game Pass from your phone, I think, changes the landscape a bit um, yes. and starts to make stuff like the Switch not obsolete, but the idea is starting to multiply, which is good. I think that's good for the marketplace. So Yes. Because they are totally different games than what you're playing on Switch. Uh-huh. Uh, similar in some regard, I guess, yeah. but Remember mostly different. Remember those rumors when Game Pass was going to come to Switch? Ugh, those are the dream. I know. I was thinking about that the other day as, as I was thinking about all these games. Because the games on Game Pass are games that I want to buy on Switch, but they're free on Xbox. I'm like, I'm just going to try them on Xbox. Exactly. So, And then, anyways. soon enough, you can... I mean, you could technically try them on your work phone if you really wanted to. Yeah, I could do that. I do have an Android phone. Good. But um, it's not... Like, these are all games that I've already played or will play on my Xbox, so it's not... But yeah, it's, like, when, it's not that When important. you play it on your phone, your progress syncs with your Xbox account. So you can pick it up on your Xbox mm. and continue playing there, and then you can kind of take it with you on your phone. Did they Did they say that... Um, did they say that they're going to support uh, every phone? Every Android phone? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it works on my phone. I have a Pixel. Yeah. Usually, I feel like when they when it's like exclusive support, like for Fortnite, when it was like only on Samsung phones, it's like Samsung is the one that gets the exclusives, but it works mm-hmm. on mine, so I'm sure it'll work on your phone. And like I said, that was the reason I played Forza was because my save carried over. Like I booted up and I was like, oh, I'm you know in my same old car. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's very seamless in that regard. That is interesting. Yes. Yeah, I'll probably. I mean, realistically, there's no reason to muck around with it, but. I don't know because we're not traveling, so it's not like you know you're not you're not going to be like <laughs> exactly. in an airport and it's like oh let me just pick up my game, so I'm stuck at home with my Xbox. So anyway, let's talk right. about Halo Infinite. Yes. So um, segueing into Halo Infinite, this one comes from a tweet by Shinobi602, who is quoting an article from HaloWaypoint.com. Um, so he kind of already paraphrased a bunch of stuff for us here, so we're gonna give him full credit for that. Um, So, due to COVID, there may be complications, but there is hopes for a public hands-on of Halo Infinite before the release. Um, The battle rifle is in the game. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it's a popular gun from previous entries in the series. Yeah, it was was introduced, I think, in Halo 2. Okay. Um, The campaign will have two-player split-screen, which is something I feel like we haven't seen in a long time, split-screen. And it'll also have four-player online co-op, multiplayer... Uh, the forge and ranking system will be coming in 
like later months after launch. Um, so multiplayer will not be at launch, which is unfortunate. However, they did announce, uh, at Halo on Twitter, announced that multiplayer will be free to play, um, which I think is pretty big. Has that ever happened before in a Halo franchise? No. No. So Halo 2, you had to have Xbox Live to play online. Yeah. And you've had to have Xbox Live ever since, which is a paid subscription. So, Got it. so I mean, now this is something interesting where. But you need once again. Sorry, go on. No, 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 sorry. So once again, Game Pass plus a, a handheld Android phone, and you can play Halo for free essentially online, which starts to compete with like the Fortnites of the world. Yeah, well, I was gonna say you need Xbox Live to play Fortnite, which is free to play. So I'd imagine you still need Xbox Live. What? Do you not need? You do? Why wouldn't you? Don't you need? Like, how else would you get online? Like, you need PlayStation Plus to play online uh, for Overwatch. I mean, like, Overwatch you have to pay for, but regardless, any online game, you need an online subscription. Anyways, I forgot about that. Because you don't need <laughs> you don't need a Nintendo Switch online to play Fortnite on Switch online. Really? No, I don't think so. Well, I guess maybe Switch is different, but I'm, like, 99% sure that you need an online subscription service to play online for regardless of what game. You, you do. I just I just checked for Xbox and PlayStation you do. Okay, yeah. Cuz so I was like, "Wait, what?" So, it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be any different than Fortnite. Um but it's awesome that it's free to play. Um I guess COD did that recently, right? In the latest Modern Warfare or something with their Battle Royale mode. Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, Warzone, it actually launched as free to play. Yes. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's why they probably did that to be a little bit competitive there. Um, but then, last but not least, we had talked about the Gollum-looking Majora's Mask Moon dude from the <laughs> Halo Infinite trailer. Um, the graphical fidelity has been in a something, I don't know, something of an issue, I guess, that a lot of players are taking, which is valid. Um, the gun in the original Xbox version, <laughs> I noticed this last night when we were playing Halo. I was like, wow, this gun looks just like the gun in Halo Infinite, like with the old graphics. Um, mm-hmm. So, to quote... The, there was a, a kind of a response to this. The second theme being discussed involves visual fidelity. Negative feedback in this area includes comments around characters and objects appearing flat, simplistic, and plastic-like, lighting feeling dull and flat, and object pop-in. We've read your comments, we've seen the homemade examples of retouched content, and yes, we've heard the Digital Foundry assessments. In many ways, we are in agreement here. We do have work to do in, uh, to address some of the areas and raise the level of fidelity and overall presentation Sorry for the final game. Uh, the build used to run the campaign demo was a work in progress from several weeks ago, with a variety of graphical elements and game systems still being finished and polished. While some of the feedback was expected and speaks to areas already in progress, other aspects of feedback have brought new opportunities and considerations to light that the team is taking very seriously and working to assess. Uh, we don't have firm answers or outcomes to share yet, but the team is working as quickly as possible on plans to address some of the feedback around detail, clarity, and overall fidelity. The team is committed and focused on making sure that we have a beautiful world for players to explore when we launched. So, I don't know, this is wild to me. Like, it feels like this shouldn't even be a, a talking point or a point of conversation. Like, I don't know. Maybe they yeah. were rushed to push out something for the for the conference, and maybe that's why the conference was delayed from June to July, and they still didn't have something good-looking. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know how this is. I, you know, I don't know. It's... It's very sad. Oh, how long has Halo Infinite been in development? <laughs> he said, let me pull up the receipts real quick. Yeah, like, it's been, like, eight years or something. It's ridiculous. Um, so it was announced in 2018, in June, that it was happening. Um, 
Everything we know. This one comes from Windows Central. While details are limited. Halo Infinite, the next major entry to the mainline Halo games, following on from Halo uh, 2015's Halo 5 Guardians. Um, I mean, yes, it was announced in 2018, but you can assume that it was being worked on at least a year. Someone said, that. someone said it's been like eight years, but I don't believe that. No, it's probably been at least four years. I'd say. Usually, yeah. a game announcement comes two years. I feel like after. The, you know. Okay, so that would put us at five years then, about. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. So. It's still wild, but we'll see. Hopefully, it, yeah. you know, it, this was just a weird mishap because it was just a, like a demo, whatever. Maybe, hopefully, it'll be polished by the time it comes out. But it's coming out in presumably November. Three months, give or take, yeah. I mean, realistically, I feel like if they just bumped the texture resolution and added some fancy lighting effects, it would look much better. I think that's what yeah. I was missing. So, we shall see um speaking of practice conferences that hopefully won't be a disaster because every state of play or every well no every playstation event has been has been exciting this summer so far um, but there is a state of play happening this thursday um so this one i kind of found out about beforehand through a leak um i was reading sir so i was watching some video on youtube that was like overwatch 2 leak and i was like ooh, let me see and they posted a screenshot of someone had, or I guess it was a tweet, and it was like um, there that there would be a state of play on August sixth at four p.m. ET, and this was before it was officially announced. And then, sure enough, uh, two days later, it was officially announced. So I was like, okay, maybe this leaks onto something. So the second part of the leak that was in this video is a list of all of the games that they are apparently going to show off in this state of play, um, or a, a list of like all the video files, like the playlist of the video files that they're going to essentially like show through throughout the uh, throughout the showcase. Um, so I'll just run through this really quickly. There's a few things that are notable here, but most of the things are kind of um, normal. So the first thing, and the one that's one of the notable things, is the Silent Hill reveal trailer. Um, so this one is. So hold on, let me interject real quick. Yeah. So PlayStation tweeted yesterday, right? So they announced it. State of Play returns Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. What to expect? A focus on upcoming PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR games. A few quick check-ins on third-party and indie games from June's PS5 showcase, and no big PS5 announcements. So, interesting. take what you're going to go through with a grain of salt, only because no big PS5 announcements, I would I would consider that to also be gameplay. But go ahead. Hmm. So, jump into the leak now. Okay, I think so. what might be here may be ripped apart into two events. Yeah, so, I, I mean, there's no... This is literally, like, from a 4chan thing. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it was in the same video as the other leak that was confirmed. Um, it also said, to that point, I went through and actually added up the times of these videos, and they added up to more than the 40-minute time limit that the state of play is going to be. Um, mm. So, we'll see. But of the things that are that are noted here, I guess I'll just talk through the, the important ones or the notable ones. Apparently, there's a Silent Hill reveal trailer... Um, which would be for PS5, so it probably won't happen in the state of play, but maybe it'll happen soon. The reason this is notable is because this has actually been rumored for a while, and they recently made a new social media account at Silent Hill on Twitter. Um, I have been tweeting from it you know, for the past few weeks. Um, so that's the source of that rumor, so that could be exciting. Um, it would, I guess, be a soft reboot. Um, PS Now service trailer I thought was interesting, because does that mean that they're going to ramp up PlayStation Now to kind of compete a little more with Game Pass Nextcloud? Uh, maybe include more games in it. Who knows? Um, obviously, Overwatch 2 campaign gameplay trailer. I feel like it's a little too early for that, given that 
Overwatch 2 was just announced a few months ago, and it feel like it was it feels like it was very early in development, but exciting if it happens. And the last thing was the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, which is presumably the Harry Potter RPG that has been pretty much confirmed um, by Jason Schreier on Bloomberg like a few months, like a month ago, I think. Uh, so, who knows? If these are, since PlayStation is now tweeted, I didn't realize that they tweeted that, um, that there's going to be no big PS5 announcements, then maybe this is all nonsense. But, yeah, it this seems is... believable. This is interesting because they also spelled backwards compatibility wrong. Um, but there's backwards compatibility oh, trailer for PS5. Probability. Um, console overview trailer for PS5. I don't. I don't think this is going to stack up. I think there's some validity, and obviously when people make up these supposed leaks, right, they have some basis where yes, Silent Hill is heavily rumored. Um, Metal Slug returns for PS4 and PS5. I'd love to see it, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 PS5 Enchantment trailer. Which enhancement, I, think they mean I enhancement. guess. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Spider-Man Miles Morales Collector Edition trailer, 49 seconds. That seems right. What are you looking at for 49 seconds? I'm looking at a steelbook and a version of the PS5. It's all red. Who knows? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. So, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the main point, looking, I mean, Sony's tempering expectations, right? And then my takeaway there is we're never getting the price of the system. So last week I was like, <laughs> we're going to get something in the next week. It is now August. So either these systems are going to get delayed or they're like really freaking taking forever on this. I, it's just it's just crazy to me. It's August 4th, and even if these systems come out in the next three months, I mean, it's so soon to get pre-orders down. And then, I don't know. You would think maybe they're they're trying to figure out what uh, how you know what numbers they're going to do with COVID and everything, or what they're going to be able to do, and you know I don't know. I am still of the camp that they're literally waiting for the other one to draw first. So yeah, but I'm not I'm not even sure when the other one's going to draw. I mean, I think Microsoft's (laughs) going to be first. That's my prediction. Because I think Microsoft yeah. knows that they don't have to undercut. I think they're already kind of undercutting themselves and relying on Game Pass subscriptions. Yeah, I, I, I would not be, and we've said this before, I would not be surprised if Xbox Series X comes in at 400 And that's a heavy rumor that they're looking at 400 for that. And then something even as low as 200 250 for the Series S, whatever that looks like. But the rumor is that Series S would be revealed this uh, month. So we'll see if that if that even happens because there's, there's also been rumors that the Series S no longer exists. So yeah, I was gonna say there's probably no reason for the Series S. Like the Xbox One X essentially becomes your Series S. Like, there's no yeah, but think about it. Then well, so they've <laughs> to add fuel to the fire. They discontinued. I think we reported on this the Xbox One X and they discontinued the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. So now the Xbox One S regular with the disc drive is still in production. So, that's still in production. Is that your Xbox Series S? Do they yeah. just rebrand it? Is that your like your Game Pass machine, basically, or your Xbox machine? If they have Xbox that finally like streams to your console, you correct? Know, you and does it games? And does it just look like that? And they maybe throw in a new controller? But then there was also actually I forgot to post it in here. Uh, there was a rumor Xbox Series S controller, like somebody that was. At a house party of, 
a Microsoft employee. Oh my god, yeah. this reminds me of the Nintendo Power Forums rumors that are like, my cousin's dog walker's husband's uh, yeah. cool boy right. works for Nintendo. Yeah, so here's one. This one comes from Tech Radar. A picture of what appears to be a white Xbox Series X controller has appeared online before being swiftly deleted, but it might actually belong to the Xbox Series S. The image, which you can see below, was posted by Reddit on Reddit by a user called Wolfie Wizardo, but has since been deleted, <laughs> along with the user's account. Very reputable person. Man's Wolfie uh, Wizardo. The Reddit user claims the photo was snapped at a party in Seattle, Washington, and was hosted by a child of a Microsoft employee. Microsoft's corporate headquarters are located in Redmond, a suburb of Seattle. The photo shows the familiar robot white color scheme found on the Xbox One S console and controller. It's unmistakably Microsoft's next-gen pad, too, as it features the new directional pad and share button in the center. Um, and, yeah, it's literally like... I mean, it looks it looks real here. I'll, I'll ping it to you so you can see it. But it's... I'm sure it's real, but... Yeah. It could just now, be there, a, there was a lot of people that are like... Controller. Yeah, well, people are like, okay, well, is that the development kit version? So, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but we shall see indeed. Um, remember when this was going to be a short episode, and now we're a minute, or an hour and five minutes over? One minute. <laughs> it's been a one whole minute. Talk so fast. All right. I believe that is it for episode 86. Any final comments? Any breaking news? Last minute craziness? No, no, That's there's it. no here. Let me let me let me savage through the forums, <laughs> just to make sure nothing crazy's happened. Let's Confirmed. see. PS Five, six thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. Um. Oh, interesting. Uh, this one comes from Bloomberg. Is it Jason Trier? It is not. It is Takashi Michizuki. Oh, okay. Mitch, no. Yeah, Machizuki, sorry, excuse me. Uh, an official, at a, and I heard about this earlier, actually, I, I meant to bring this up. An official at the PlayStation unit who asked not to be identified because the plan is not yet public said Sony's next announcement regarding the PlayStation 5 is tentatively scheduled for this month. The company intends to release two versions of the console, one with a Blu-ray disc drive, one without, though it is yet to disclose the pricing for either model. I think the core, uh, quote, I think the core of Sony PlayStation early adopters will snap up the first several million units quickly, said Macquarie Capital analyst Damien Thong. With backwards compatibility, their existing game library will work with the new console, so the new machine would be usable right away. Thong said he expects the standard PlayStation 5 unit would be priced at $500, and the disc drive list version would be sold for $400. Altogether, he said, Sony would sell more than 6 million units of PlayStation 5 consoles by the end of March of next year. So, I, I think that would be very interesting, because if they do that, and then Xbox comes in at 400 with the Series X with a disk drive, that that makes a pretty interesting playing field, in my opinion. That would be would be an interesting playing field indeed. Um, I think I would go with the disk version though, just because yeah, physical games are almost always cheaper or found cheaper or on sale more often than yes. digital versions. Yeah, even though the diskless version looks a lot nicer. Yes, I think it would just be. Magical. I think it would just be tough. It would just be tough to. I I don't know. Uh, like hundred dollars for, for a disc drive? Yeah, for a portable console like the Switch, yes, it makes sense to be digital because you want your games with you at all times when it's portable. But it's a home console. Like, why do I need to have? I don't know. There's no reason. Um, oh, we totally forgot. Battletoads comes out August twentieth on Xbox One. I know nothing about no Battletoads. I saw that and I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> I skipped over <laughs> it. <laughs> I didn't include it. 
Oh my gosh. And then there's a rumor going around that Final Fantasy 16 could be a Sony exclusive. That wouldn't be surprising. All right. No. I think... You mean, about... you asked the question, you're like, any other things? Any other breaking news? You made yeah, this I said breaking news. You're you talking about yourself. whack news. It's not breaking nothing, except... Wow. I don't know. The only person here that's whack is you. Is it? <laughs> is it, though? Make sure to vote. Vote on your phones. <laughs> All right. Vote on your phone. This has been episode 86 of What the Funcast. This is Paul and Ahmed. Signing off. Peace.